Hey everybody, I'm the semi-famous Peter. He's sore from scrubbing practice. It's Mike. How's it going, Mike? Hello. <laughs> you seem offended by scrubbing practice. Not offended, just pensive. <laughs> Fair. So, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 6, Brothers of the Broken Horn. This one is a doozy. It is. Um, I don't think we have really anything to announce right now. Um, so, do you kind of want to just jump right in? Do we have anything, Mike? Well, I kind of want to drop a teaser, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. That we are potentially working on some merchandise right now. Can I say that? Yeah. Very cool, very exclusive, very small, like limited run merchandise. That's all I'm going to say. We've got bikinis. We've got tramp stamps. We've got mud flaps. We've got truck balls. No. We're going to have one thing in there, none of this. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. Mike's come up with some cool designs for something really fun. So please check out our Twitter and Instagram for updates on that. If you want to take a little bit of Rebels Rebels home with you. Yeah. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm ready to get into this. Are you ready to get into this? Today, we don't have a guest. We, like we've talked about the season, we kind of just, we want to divide up the amount of guests we get. Mm-hmm. because we're self-inflated people and we like our voices. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I mean, it's like if there's one thing people have told me, it's that we don't talk enough when there's guests on here. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Mike, you ready? I am. Are you? Yep. Let's do this thing. Season 2, Episode 6, Brothers of the Broken Horn. Ezra and Chopper take the Phantom to investigate a distress oh, call from man. a smuggler ship yeah, where Ezra's do. tempted to join the crew of Hondo Onaka. Ooh. Here he is. So, <laughs> this... Uh, oh, boy. So, we begin with the Ezra training sequence. Not quite a montage, not quite a, a rocky montage, but uh, <laughs> it opens with them on the ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are seeing Ezra doing some blaster training. Yeah. I like the target that Chopper's making too. He like, kind of holds a stormtrooper helmet up with his arm yeah. and Ezra's just shooting at Chopper, which is fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny. Yeah. Rex is overseeing the blaster training. And then Kanan comes and says, hey, you're late for your Jedi training. So I think this is going to be a little bit of a theme. Aim, then fire. Rex, I bet sometimes even you miss. Speaking of, you're missing Jedi training, which is now, remember? (sighs) You know, I can't be in two places at once. As a soldier, you're going to have to learn to prioritize. Well, he's not a soldier. He's a Jedi. Yeah. What if I don't want to be either? Yeah, that's a lot. I feel like it's just so much. And Ezra kind of goes, uh, you know, he expresses that he feels like he can't be in two places at once. Right? He's like, get off my back, dads. Yeah, which is fine. I get it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Um, a solution mm-hmm. exists in the Harry Potter world. What is it, Harry? 
Peter? What is it called, Jerry? <laughs> what is it? What's the solution, Peter? The time turner? Time turner. Yep. Time turner. He needs to get himself a time turner. Then he can be in Fair. two places at once. Which, yeah. by the way, very irresponsible of McGonagall to give that to Hermione. Seriously. That's all I'm going to say. Let's keep going. So, Ezra's going through a little bit of a, what seems like identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Right? I like and, to refer to this Ezra as emo Ezra. Yeah. Yeah. He's it, a little whiny, just a little, man, I don't want to. Yeah. You know, I get it. He's having like a, I don't, do I want to be a soldier? Do I want to be a Jedi? It almost feels like this classic Billy Elliot moment where he's just like, maybe I just want to dance. <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyone ever asked? Maybe he does just want to dance. He's never been asked. <laughs> um, um, so yeah. they're on the planet Garel, yeah. which is kind of their home base right now because they decided to leave Lothal for the good of the Lotholians. Um, and this is the same planet we went to in episode two, Droids in Distress, uh, with like the big transit hub and things like that. Mm. So we have seen this place before, but yeah. nothing really interesting happens here. Yeah, it's pretty. It looks like Coruscant. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Commander Sato is calling. Yep. And so they all run into the ship. Training needs to be put on hold because Sato has a mission for him. He says that they need to help the people of the frozen planet Rin, who need to who need fuel, um, to power their heaters because, yeah. as I said, it's a frozen planet. Yeah. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Does it? I I love the cold. <laughs> I live in the Sounds cold now. I moved my wife and I literally moved so we could live perpetually in the cold and we do. <laughs> he moved to Hoth. Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. awesome. Um so Rin was a planet from Legends. Wow. It, uh came from the West End Games Star Wars RPG. So much does. Yep, and then they brought that in to official canon, which I like when they do that. I do, yeah. I yeah. like that. Um, so they are going to go on the mission, but Ezra and Chopper are pwned by Mom <laughs> Hera, right? So, yeah. Time to go make friends with the locals. Except you, Spectre Six. I asked you to clean the ion scoring off the Phantom's exhaust ports. Twice. But I had Jedi practice and blaster practice. Well... Now you have scrubbing practice. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Uh-uh. You're gonna help him. We'll discuss this later. Can't wait for that. This is a, such a great mom, Hera. And I want to be very specific with this. Mm -hmm. Hera says that Ezra needs to stay behind because he has not cleaned as previously ordered to do so. <laughs> the marks, blaster marks on the phantom. Okay. Yep. I just want to be clear about that. Yeah. And this is a great line too, because it's like, oh, God, I got I got Jedi practice and I got soldier practice. And he's like, well, soon you're going to have scrubbing practice. Yeah. And I was like, boom, mom burn. Yeah, that was sick. Yep. I want to point out at minute 146, one minute and 46 seconds. I want everyone, no matter what you're doing right now, to go to one minute and 46 seconds. Hit pause right now. Go there. Okay. okay, welcome back. Here's what I want you to look at. Behind Ezra, 
is a chair. A wooden chair. I did so much research and could not figure out <laughs> where this wooden chair came from or why it's on their ship. It is the strangest thing I've never seen before. This did, is okay, so this is my this is my completely made up theory. Okay. Remember in the first episode ever, they rescued the Wookiees and the Wookiees ship was okay. made out of yeah, worship tree. That's exactly where I was going. Perfect. There we go. Yeah, I think it's a present from the Wookiees. It's weird, man. I want you to go look Thanks. at this chair that looks like it. Okay, I'm gonna look at it. Being a cabin, a minute forty six. Yeah, it's very strange. Right. All right, a minute forty six. Almost there. Okay. Hey, Jedi practice and blaster practice. Chopper has a great laugh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, that's a weird tree. So that that looks very Wookiee to me. What is that chair? Yeah, that's Come interesting. On. Isn't that weird? That, that was way weirder than I expected it to be. That's yeah, gotta be a Wookiee. That's thing. like a pretzel wood tree. Yeah. It's like all huh. spiraled and knotted. Yeah. So do you, we've talked about these posters before. Yeah, there's a bunch of posters. Yeah, I got a little more detail on some of the posters that are behind that chair. So if you're pausing at this moment, you can see some mm. of the posters. That... You know, I'm going to take a screenshot of this and we'll post this on our, oh, good on, our, on our Twitter and our Instagram for you to look at too. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes as well. All right. So we've talked about a couple of the posters. There's DJ Rang Thang um, and a couple other ones. But this one I thought was interesting. There's a poster, and I believe it's the one with, like, the people. You can kind of see silhouettes of the people in nighttime. Oh, yeah. If you translate that, that translates to Coruscant Nights. Oh, okay. So it's like for, like, a night party at Coruscant. Summer nights. Nice. Yeah. So the music entertainment for that night is Max Rebo as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of fun. That's cool. This is also the first time, so I, not the first time I ever noticed it, but the first time I really thought about it. What is that logo on the back of Ezra's jacket? That bird thing? Yeah, I have. I, I did some research and there's nothing confirmed. So I have some conjecture, but I don't know. I can't tell even what it is. It looks kind of like a bird. Yeah. I don't know. Looks like it just bought it at Hollister or something. <laughs> so everyone um, look up the Skywalker sound logo. Oh, yeah. I know what that looks like. That looks like it's just a hawk, right? Yeah. It's like a person with like hawk wings. Oh, okay. Um Almost like they're walking through the sky, if you will. Sure. Um, and so that logo has showed up before, um, I think, in Attack of the Clones when they're in Coruscant. You can see in the background on one of the big billboards, the Skywalker it. sound logo is up there. Um, and so people are thinking it's a throwback to that because it looks very, very similar. But I can't, uh, I can't confirm what that is. So just a little bit of a tidbit. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm pro those weird little Easter eggs. So, totally. Um, I, I like that being in there. So Ezra and Chop, do you have anything else about the ship? Nope. Time for some scrubbing practice. Yeah, so we get our boys on the ship of scrubbing. Now, as I, <laughs> as I specifically mentioned before, Peter, pop quiz. Mm -hmm. Hera told Ezra to clean what? The blaster 
marks on the ship. On where? On the outside of the ship, right? On the Phantom. Oh. Ezra and Chopper are now cleaning the ghost. <laughs> this is why she's so upset. He doesn't listen. <laughs> He's not cleaning the phantom, as she specifically said. He's cleaning the ghost. You know what? And that would annoy me, too. So, you know what? I'm on Hera's side on this one. So, I'm going to totally get her back. I don't know if this was an editing mistake or what it was, but he's cleaning (laughs) the ghost. He's cleaning the ghost and not the phantom. And she specifically Uh, wanted him to clean the phantom. Uh, I do like when he's cleaning the marks on the ghost, which he shouldn't have been, that we see these little TIE fighter marks. Yeah, this is the first time I noticed that too. Thirty-two, I counted thirty-two, and I'm I, I'm guessing that's like putting how many tackles you've made on your football helmet, right? Yep. Yeah, I shouldn't. I don't know why I counted too, because you're the one who counts things on this show. But I count. I, I will confirm the thirty-two number because that's what I got as well. There it is. So I was I was doing some research on that, and I was like, "Wow, thirty-two kills. That seems like a lot." It didn't seem like a lot to me. I don't know why. Well, I'm just like, in, if you think about it in real life, like, if you're a fighter pilot in a war, like, 32 seems like a lot to me. Yeah, okay. Red Baron status. But maybe I was wrong because I looked up the, t- like, top ace pilots in human history. The top guy has, like, 350-something kills. Oh, my goodness. Also, like, the top 20 are all Germans, which is weird and scary to me. That's... Yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah, so they're just killing machines from the sky, I guess. Yeah. Well, I remember because I, for some reason, was so fascinated by the Red Baron when I was mm-hmm. in college and, like, I had to take a couple of history classes that, like, loved that yeah. he had around, like, 80. Um, yeah. You know, uh, which was... I like his pizza. I love his... I love his... Uh, I love his pizza. <laughs> Are yeah. you a pepperoni guy or a cheese guy? Uh, pepperoni all the way. And a cheese guy all the Way. And you know what? Don't like put cheese is good too. Just don't put too much on there. That's a mistake no, that no, people no, make. No, 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 Go light. Go yeah, light. Take this from a pizza professional. I've worked at multiple pizzas. You're talking to you think you delivered them. <laughs> I made them, buddy. Oh, you think I didn't make a Zaw on my day? Brett, get the hell out of here, man. You probably made a bobbly. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't put too many toppings on your pizza. No, never. That's a rookie mistake. And never clump them in the center. That's an idiot move. Oh my gosh. Spread them out. Because when you yeah. cut, they're just gonna be they're not gonna hold. Yeah. I made a pizza in the shape of a dinosaur. I'm getting worked up. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so we go to a, I love the shot, by the way, of uh of this planet around two fifty seven. Is it I thought this was a different planet. What did you say this planet was? Garel. It looks like cold Coruscant. Ezra gets a distress call from Visago ship, the Broken Horn, mm-hmm. which we are familiar with from season one. Yep. Um, you know, those, uh, whatever those blowfish pigs were or whatever. I already forget. I've already, I've already blanked out of my mind. Puffer pigs and they're great. There it is. So they take the Phantom, which they were supposed to be cleaning, but they did not. And they decide, you know, screw this. Ezra's having like an identity crisis. Like, I'm not a Jedi. I'm not a soldier. I'm my own person. Yep. Moment. They, um, I like, so he's talking to Chopper because Chopper is evidently chastising him. And he says, I'm not running away from my problems, even though he is obviously doing that. Um, and his cover is that he owes Visago a favor 
from when Visago helped them last season track down Kanan when he got captured. Yeah. Which yep. is nice. Well, but that's not really why he's doing it. That's no, just he's running name. away from his problems. Even if yeah. he says he's not, he's running away from his problems. Yeah, that's why he's really doing it. Yep. Um, so they go over to the Broken Horn and Ezra decides to board it. They're not responding to hails from the Phantom. So they board it and go exploring. Yeah. And he puts on his helmet, which mm-hmm. we love to talk about. He's got some pretty cool new paint job on it. Yeah, I liked that touch. Um, do you think this is a different helmet from season one, or do you think it's the same one? The same, just, just painted. Like, do you yeah. know? No, I don't know. I was just oh, okay. curious. I think um, it's the same. It's, it looks the same. It just looks painted. It looks like that one he used in, as in like the Academy. Yeah, totally. I like that. But I like it. Um, yeah, they get separated, and so Chopper is wandering around, and he just happens to find the exact same power generators that the rest of the crew is looking for to help save that frozen planet. Yeah, um, he d- he finds those, coincidentally, and then he also stumbles upon an old friend. Yep, Ezra goes to the bridge, he bumps into a big scary looking droid, but it's powered down, and then it's, he goes to the bridge. It just looks like finds, a, a toaster from Battlestar Galactica. It, yeah, it's like a it's like a buff IG-88. Yeah. <laughs> um, which we saw those in season one, too. Yeah, um, and all over Clone Wars. Yeah, totally looks like a, like a toaster from Battlestar Galactica. Um, but they go to the bridge and run into Hondo O'Naka. Zaga? Zaga, is, is that you? Exactly. Well, hello there. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. I am Hondo Onaka, proud owner of this fine but currently inoperative vessel. In my notes, I wrote two things. Yep. Hondo is awful. Sabak is a game. <laughs> Fair. He, he says he won the ship playing Bizago and Sabak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's his cover. I will say to your first point, I used to hate Hondo. I thought he was probably my least favorite character in all of Rebels. He's grown on me a lot. I'm actually a, like him a lot, and I'm not just saying like as his story unfolds, I like him more and more. I found myself laughing at a lot of the things he said in this episode. He and has a lot of good things in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, and we'll talk about some other things that were kind of subtle about his character that I, I didn't pick up on before that I like as the episode goes on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one thing I wanted to point out is we did a episode of these yeah. are not the nerds you're looking for. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah. Where we talked about the very first time we saw Hondo Anaka in the Clone Wars. He's a big, powerful pirate and has a little pirate hideaway and he's listening to a certain mm-hmm. type of music. And not only is he still listening to that music? It's the exact same track from that. He just has it on like a Walkman. Oh, wow. So the reason I bring this up is we had a little bit of a conversation that that music kind of offends me and I'm not really sure why. I feel like it's like yeah. weirdly racist. Well, yeah. And then, you know, I'm, I guess we're uh, kind of rehashing uh, a conversation we had on another podcast, yeah. but 
I think it's an important conversation that it, there is something weirdly racist about it. And I again automatically think of this terrible episode of Popeye the Sailor when he meets Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. And there's all these like really insensitive like Middle Eastern tropes in it. Like, you know, these, I don't know, this, yeah, this totally. stereotypical music and like uh, just, uh, it's, it's, really terrible this episode of Popeye and it's kind of like I can't I can't just I can't help but it like reminding me of that and George Lucas was even pretty like outspoken about that he really liked those old cartoons and Mm. you know which I don't think he liked the you know invertent racism in them but (laughs) I don't think that's why he liked them you know I'm not calling George Lucas a racist but Definitely there yeah. was some insensitive stuff in there that's kind of trickled into Rebels a little bit here. I'll say that, you know, on its own, the music isn't offensive to me as a person of Middle Eastern descent. Um, and even in Rebels, I think it's nice because you don't have that all that added context. I think it was extra offensive in the Clone Wars episode because it was so clearly a parallel to what you were bringing up with those things is like, Imagine, if you will, like those old, you know, the pirate comics with like people in blackface and like dark face paint and like women in weird bikinis that were like sex slaves. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just a really, it came off really weird in Clone Wars. So I I appreciate that it's toned down, but I got a little bit of a flashback to how that made me feel. (laughs) No, no, which is fair. Um, I could not help but think of it. And I think maybe it's exaggerated for us because we both were on a a podcast. We got invited on podcast where this episode aired when we first meet Hondo in the Clone Wars. So it's like Mm. just salient in our minds, but yeah, totally. But yeah, but it's weird. Yeah. So we first find him. He's underneath the dashboard and he's trying to fix it because he says that the broken horn has lost power. That might be why he wasn't returning the hails from Ezra. But right as he's doing that, an Imperial ship comes out of hyperdrive and Ezra like pushes him out of the way and starts fixing the thing, gets the power back on. And then chopper comes in to save the day and puts them into hyperdrive and they're able to get out of there quick. Um, and so, which is weird because they, they fire on the ship because they've, breached a imperial checkpoint checkpoint but instead of asking the, any other questions they just start shooting at them i feel like that makes sense it would be like if like have you ever been in one of those like drunk driving checkpoints that they have yeah but cops just don't start shooting at you they start talking to you yeah but if you just like blew past it uh, you'd okay probably be like all right get serious about it and you know okay. the empire, so right. they shoot first you know um, I do have a couple of things I want to bring up about um, Ondo. So, the first thing that I like is last time we saw him in Clone Wars, he was he had a big crew. He had a big, you know, he's a big fancy pirate with a little hideout and his own ship. Seems pretty struggling right now. Yeah. Um, and that's something that was backed up by Dave Filoni. He said, um, I always imagined at the end of the Clone Wars, Hondo had built up all of his wealth and power. And he was the happiest he had ever been, but he loses it all. So something happened between the Clone Wars and now. He's lost his crew, which he mentions. He doesn't have a ship. He doesn't have any money. So he's still trying to pull off some of these things to try to get back to that old swashbuckling 
days. Yeah, he's really he's really fallen from the throne here. Yeah, he also has a new headgear from <laughs> yeah. what we had before. He also his um, face looks is a different color, but they could just be. Yeah. yeah, the model is slightly different. If you look back at how he was in Clone Wars, he was a little more. He's a little fatter in the face. He's more gaunt and um, a little more purple. Yeah, his color is a little different. Maybe that's just how um, Weequay. He's a Weequay. That's how Weequay age. They get skinnier and grayer, purpler. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but his his hat is a mix between a helmet and a tricorn pirate hat. <laughs> <laughs> Loser. <laughs> yeah, so it says back in the Clone Wars when Hondo and the pirates were first designed, they were all wearing traditional pirate hats. And there's like a concept art book you can see where it's like these aliens and pirate hats, but it was too silly, so they took that out. So this is kind of a throwback where they're kind of making a little bit of the pirate hat, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. What are the what are the pirate what are those what are, I don't I don't know comic books and superheroes very well. I'm like mm-hmm. a pretty strictly Star Wars nerd. In uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, what are the the pirates in that called? The Ravengers? Yeah. The yeah. Hondo's crew kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, that's a good parallel. Except for without the hats. Yeah, no hats. <laughs> yeah, we'll also see this is a cool little Easter egg. So speaking of logos on jackets, Hondo has a logo on the back of his jacket and it's the logo for his old gang. Oh, that's cool. Um, you can also see this logo. There's a bunch of flags hanging up flying above Maz Kanata's castle in Force Awakens and one of those flags has the logo of his pirate gang on it. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I know, right? Wow. So they're introducing themselves. They're on their way to an adventure. They don't really know what's going on, but they got away from that ship. And so they introduce themselves and Ezra introduces himself as Lando Calrissian. So, oh my god, I hate I'm, uh, this is that's absolutely the low point of this episode. Later in this season, we're going to see him disguise himself as Jabba. Yeah, which he's done before, yeah. Here, he's calling himself Lando. I just, why would you pick, just go with a basic name. Like, I don't know. Why would you call yourself Lando Calrissian? Like a name that anyone could easily be like, no, you're not. Maybe Lando Calrissian is like the John Smith of Star Wars. Maybe it is just the generic name. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> but the one of the reasons it doesn't offend me is because it leads to a, a really good one of the first great Hondo lines where he goes, ah, oh, at last I meet the semi-famous Lando Calrissian, <laughs> which I thought was really good. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Um, it, while they're discussing their plan to sell the, you know, to have Ezra help him sell the gear, these uh, power, what are they? Power generators. Power generators. Uh, they make a deal where Ezra is going to keep a few of them and some of the profits. Yep. Hondo seems, you know, pretty, uh, at least on the surface, interested. Probably has some ulterior motives underway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ezra kind of swipes this remote that turns off and on these massive IG-88 guys. Yeah. Um, and they go to meet with As Morgan. Yep. Who I like. I'm an As Morgan fan. <laughs> See, we skip, we're skipping, or we're flipping on this because As Morgan's now my official least favorite character. In I like him because he's so silly. <laughs> I he's so him. he's so bad yeah. that like uh, it might be another full circle thing, like Dex, like you know Dexter Jetster, where it's like this guy is so dumb, and yeah, maybe he looks exactly like the Goblin King from the the Hobbit. 
So totally. We um, um we mentioned this in the first time we saw As Morgan, but they play a variation of Jabba the Hutt's theme when we see As Morgan because he was the original design for Jabba the Hutt back yeah. in the day. And they're reusing it for this gangster character. Um, one of my favorite lines happens here when As Morgan and <laughs> Hondo are having a little back and forth. Hondo Onaka at your service. <laughs> Is this a joke? <laughs> I don't deal with washed up old relics. Come now, let's leave your wife out of this. There is no need for such impropriety among thieves. I don't deal with washed up old relics. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Hondo responds, come on, let's leave your wife out of this. <laughs> it's so and good. I had a genuine LOL where I was like, that's so yeah. good. And that's also such a Rodney Dangerfield thing to say. Totally. Like, like it's amazing. And those are my favorite jokes. Our yeah. wife jokes. I think they're so good. Like, <laughs> take my wife, for example. No, seriously, take her. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I freaking love this. Yeah, that was probably my favorite line of the, of the whole thing. I really <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I'm going to um, use that somehow. Come on, let's yeah. leave your wife out of this. <laughs> I'll use that a lot. So they're on a planet called Nixus. So this is a planet I was kind of referring to earlier. So it's a cold planet, and it's also a black market planet. So the whole planet evidently is a black market, which is very Star Wars. Yeah. One characteristic for the entire planet. Um, but you see a bunch of ads like up on billboards and posters and things like that. Most of them are pretty whatever. Like there's one for blue milk. And then there's one that says diversify, grow your network, prime options available, terms and conditions apply. Members are subject to all laws and violations subject to per persecution of the law. See service member for details. It's like, okay. Uh, yeah, wait, but, it says that in Arabesh or? Yeah, it says that in Arabesh. Oh, wow. um, but this one I really liked, actually, this is this one I found interesting is there's an ad that says, there's no choice when you seek protection. Join today. You will find there is never a dull moment aboard an Imperial Star Destroyer, protector of the galaxy and your ticket to glory. Do you have what it takes? The shape of freedom, protecting the galaxy with strength and justice. And it's for the Imperial Navy. Sign me up. Sounds great. <laughs> I know. I thought that was kind of fun. Oh, man. But so as Morgan confronts the two jabrones and looks like he doesn't really want to make a fair deal with Hondo. He was expecting no. the deal to be with Visago and Hondo says, oh, Visago couldn't make it, but I have your generators here. And so he has these weird fish guards. Yeah. I don't know if you notice, like the guards, they have like bug eyes and these fins on their head. They remind me of you know those little orange fish from Super Mario, the <laughs> world, yeah, world yeah. levels. Okay, That's what they look one. like to me. Uh, and they all turn their guns on Ezra, who is wearing his helmet because as Morgan will know who he is, mm. and Hondo. And th so this is one of the things that I actually really liked, and it kind of made me think about the character of Hondo is it he turns the guns on him and he opens up like the blast doors and it makes it clear that he wants to throw them outside the airlock and kill them he says that the rang clan has a bounty on hondo's head so he's going to take the generators not pay for them and then he's also going to collect the bounty on on hondo's head um the rang clan yeah which do you think that has anything to do with the dj rang thing is he like <laughs> a mafia dj <laughs> oh, that's tight yeah, um, that I did find out that they, they were mentioned in Dark Disciple, that book, um, based on like a Clone Wars story arc that never happened, but that, there isn't much information about the Rang clan anymore. Um, 
But when he says that, as uh, Hondo tells us, Morgan, take the fruits of our labor, but like, don't do this to us. Like, it's like, okay, it's fair. Like, you're going to steal our stuff. Fine. Like, I get it. I'm an outlaw. That's just how things happen. But like, now you're going to kill us. Like, come on. That's lame. Yeah. But then later on, he finds out that Ezra was lying to him about his name. And he's like, oh, I knew I liked you. And so it's like, it's interesting <laughs> to me because it's very clear that he's, he lives by a code, right? So he's fine with people stealing from each other. He's fine with, you know, trying to get the competitive edge in business. He's fine with you even lying to him because it gives you an advantage. That's all cool. But like once you're getting to the point where you're going to start killing people, like that's just like not cool. And so I like that he does subtly have like this moral compass that comes out. Yeah. Well, I mean, we see that in the Clone Wars too. Yeah. Um, you know, cause there's, I mean, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it, but you know, mm-hmm. he has an affinity for Jedi. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that in a sec. Um, so there's an escape thing as Morgan counts. He's like, oh, we got five generators I'm going to take, but one's missing. And they're like, the fifth one's with the droid and like oh. chopper busts in and goes chopper wild. Chopper's so brutal here. There's dude. so many things that happen in this little sequence that I was like, what? Like the <laughs> dude who's propelled into space. Yeah. That was they wild. Just, like they just a space death. Like they just shoot yeah. a guy into space. I'm like, wow, that's a brutal way to die. My favorite part is toward the end. So this is right as, so all the guards are kind of taken care of. And as Morgan is like, grabbing his gun and chopper turns around to one of the dead guards and takes two guns with his little arms and then just starts spinning around shooting guns two guns at the same time at as morgan which is like chopper is a psychopath yeah um (laughs) that's scary chopper with two guns on like his one wheel just like jetting out at you seriously wow yeah it's a death machine, basically. Yeah. Did you notice the music during this this uh, scene too? It was yeah. yeah. The whole th- everything here is pirate. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting because that it was the Star Wars theme, like the main one, but it was like pirate version. It was weird, but I huh. kind of liked it. It was like very swashbuckling. Hmm. But That's... yeah. So they end up getting rid of As Morgan, and they. Um, Chopper saves the day, and this is when Ezra admits his real name. Oh, so I so how this actually ends is everything's taken care of, and Hondo is on this little platform, and he grabs the money from As Morgan, and he's shooting out of the airlock just like As Morgan wanted him to do in first place. And he's like, "I'm rich," and then he like looks backwards, and he's about to go into the airlock. Goes, "I'm dead," and so. Yeah. Which That's is another line. funny line. And before he gets launched out into space, Ezra reaches out with the force and grabs him and saves him from getting killed and yeah. floats him back inside. And so at that point, Hondo knows that Ezra is a Jedi. Yeah. And he, Hondo kind of digs into like the, you know, I'm a Jedi sympathizer and I yeah, love the line of, term. yeah, you know, one of my old friends was a Jedi. And if you're a, if you're a Clone Wars fan, you know who that is, is he had a real affinity for Obi-Wan, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're they, not a Clone Wars fan, that... friends. Yeah. Yeah. Were they friends? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a he at least perceived them to be friends. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, it's kind of sad actually because Dave Filoni was saying in Rebels Recon that Hondo truly believed that Obi Wan was his friend. Like he was like, "Oh yeah, I maybe like killed a couple younglings and stole from you and stuff." But that's just you know, I'm just messing around with my bud. But I have a feeling Obi Wan has a very different impression of his relationship with Hondo. <laughs> yeah. <and Hawk. laughs> yeah, but you know, bless his heart that he thinks they're friends. Yeah, totally. And uh, Dave also mentioned that he thinks that one of the reasons he has such an affinity for Jedi and he's looking back at it so fondly is because he misses how much excitement the Jedi brought to his life. Yeah. You get the feeling that he's in a real rut right now. And so he's like, oh, the good old days back when we used to go on adventures with my Jedi buddies. Yeah. Well, you know, we can't all have friends who play for the Yankees, I guess. (laughs) I guess. Um, I do like that Hondo tries to lure Ezra into, and this is harping back to kind of the theme of this episode, which is like identity Mm -hmm. and finding yourself that he offers Ezra a position as a crew member with him. And then he, in another great line, I think is funny, offers him, (laughs) you know, to split it equally with him. 50, 40. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I have that in my notes too. Another great one. And I like that he, he, I think he says it too. He's like, pirate Jedi. That's great. I'm like, yeah, that is actually pretty tight. Yeah. Um, Almost a Han Solo. Yeah, totally. Um, So, but yeah, he kind of swindles him into agreeing to be part of his crew and they walk away. It's like another great line. He's like, droid, get, get the most expensive liquor there is, the most expensive drink there is in the galley and something for my friend too. (laughs) And so he sends... Uh, such a Chop- rotting danger field. I know, right? He sends Chopper out to go get a drink, and Ezra's like, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. And he's like, did I just join his crew? What happened? He's like belittled, bewildered by it, which I like. Yeah. And, well, so we have... Then we get the double cross, right? Yep. Vizaga, you... What are you doing here? I... I Wait, Hondo told me you lost your ship in a bet. Oh, and you believe that, Swindler? By the moons of Gosgold, you are hopelessly gullible. Hey, I'm not the one who got locked in his own break. Crap, as it were, hits the fan. Ezra mm-hmm. finds Visago in a holding cell under yep. within the broken horn of the ship. And we find that the Visago has been locked up there. That he didn't lose his ship when he gave Sabak that Hondo, as a true pirate would, took his ship from him. Yep. Um, Ezra, I like the touch that Ezra was like, you know what, I don't have time for this. I don't really care that much about you. I'm going to get the generators and you can just rot in jail. I don't care. And this is when Visago reminds him that he owes him a favor and he's calling it in right now. So that's would you why. watch this? Would you watch Rebels if Rebels was just Visago, Hondo, and Ezra? no no so that's one of the things i'm kind of flabbergasted by i actually ended up enjoying this a little bit more than i anticipated i would and as i said hondo has grown on me but it's odd that my literally my three least favorite characters are all in this episode i don't like as morgan i don't like visago and i'm mixed on hondo yeah so i this is actually a pretty entertaining episode when i'm not bringing that baggage into it but I was just floored when Visago showed up. I was like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> now we're putting him on there. Yeah. And the way this episode is headed, it's like peril fatigue. So much is happening all of yeah. a sudden. Like, okay, Viz- so Ezra goes, okay, I'll let you go. He lets Visago go. 
But Zaku comes up to the cockpit with Ezra, and they confront Hondo. Vizago steals from Ezra the remote control that turns on his uh, droids. He turns them on, and the droids start attacking Ezra and Hondo, so Vizago can get everything back. Yeah, it's like just like it's like almost too much. I'm like, ah, I'm like, okay. Yeah, they turn off. They effectively Ezra is able to with the force. He grabs the control, turns off the ro- like the droids. Mm-hmm. Um and they Hondo are able, escapes though. Yeah, Hondo escapes in the Phantom. Yep, and in the the meanwhile, we know Chopper was loading up the Phantom with those generators that are so valuable. Yeah, and so Hondo has the gold, and he just escaped into the Phantom, which strands Ezra on the yeah. Broken Horn. But Ezra says to Vizago, well, you know, I promised you I'd give you your ship back. So, you know, we're, we're, we're in the clear yeah. now. So they're know, clear. Vizago takes it pretty well, actually. He's like, yeah, oh, he's those like, are okay. my generators. He's like, well, Ezra's like, well, actually, they're my generators. He's like, okay, I guess, whatever. And he yeah. puts them in an escape pod and lets them go. He's like, all right, well, have fun. Bye. So here's my big question. How much does an escape pod cost? Like, are these replaceable? I know. Seriously. I mean, they've got to be. They've got to be like universal, right? But I guess like. Like I don't know. Is it expensive to get a to get an escape pod back? Because I feel like you really wouldn't want to use that unless you had to. Yeah, I mean, well, think about if you're like if you're, you're on a cruise your- ship and you just someone just gives you like the life raft to try to like get to. They go, oh, I'm sick of being on the cruise. Okay, that's fine. Take the life craft. That's fine. Like, I, feel, I just I just thought. feel like those are expensive. Yeah, I and like, know. why wouldn't Visago just drop them off at a planet? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. It seems like a lot. Well, they get back to the planet, and Ezra um, confronts Hondo. Well, I w- they- let's give this a little more context, because actually, I love this ending. I think this ending is so good. Um, so, they're in the skate pot, and he's like, oh, how am I going to explain this? I messed this one up. And Chopper says, well, I know where they went. He let Pisaco out! The villain was upon us, I'm telling you! But young Ezra, he stood tall in front of me and withstood a massive attack. My friend! I was just talking about you! How you and I rescued the generators from the evil Visago. Yeah, that's not true. You stole the generators and my ship. <gasps> what an accusation! He's like, what? And so we show up in the hangar where the Phantom is and all the crew. And we hear Hondo explaining how him and Ezra work together and like, oh yeah, we're on the same size and Ezra did this and he saved it and we got all the power generators for you guys and we're heroes and I love my best buddy Ezra. And it's clear that he wasn't there on purpose, got discovered by the crew and is trying to talk himself out of it. And it (laughs) It turns out that Chopper put the autopilot on the Phantom to bring him back to the ghost and the phoenix cell well that's another version of the story i suppose and so which is good out which is yeah good. under his he didn't have any control of it he just showed up and kanan and Hera are like wait who the hell are you and what's going on where's ezra and so ezra comes up and blows the whole cover on everything and to save face hondo's like the generators are my gift to you bye <laughs> and like takes off which i just feel like it's such a good like swarmy thing to do yeah. Ugh. Yeah. 
He reminds me of like Ryan from The Office. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Yeah. Um, So like many other episodes, it ends with the the uh, epiphany moment. Yeah. Kanan and Ezra talking outside the ghost by the landing ramp and kind of doing a debrief where Ezra says, you know what? I used to be like Hondo out for myself and alone, but that's not who I am now. Oh, man. Oh. I love it. Yep. So he found his family. Yeah. It's a nice ending. You know what? It's, mm-hmm. I, I even wrote like a nice epiphany moment at yeah. the end. I thought this totally. was pretty well earned, especially because this is like this episode so much about identity crisis and finding yourself. So I like that ending. up this episode so yep. uh peter how would you rate this episode on our scale so our scale is our favorite thing in star wars right now to our least favorite thing in star wars right now so my favorite thing at this point in time is the guard room the throne room battle between ray and kylo ren and the praetorian guards in the last jedi that is my favorite thing. My least favorite thing is the song Jedi Rocks from the special edition of Return of the Jedi, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which, I am going to give this episode just a job of the hut. Just generally job of the hut. Because Ooh. there's a lot about Jabba that makes my eyes roll. Um, especially in Phantom Menace. And even if you look back at the thrones, like the famous Return of the Jedi, Jabba's Palace scene, there's a lot of cringy, weird stuff in there. But I've grown to love it. And so this episode, I am going to give a B to, and I'm going to give special kudos to Hondo for growing within my heart. Ooh, okay. Well, that's not awful. No. Better than I thought. Um, well... So on my scale of Yoda dying, Yoda's death on Dagobah, you know, in his hut as the lights kind of go dim and Luke walks away, poetic death, to Han Solo got his last name from a cheeky Imperial officer, (laughs) the worst, Um, I'm going to give this episode a Jar Jar Binks showing up in Attack of the Clones as a junior senator <laughs> just for a split moment and the you know the yeah. uh, Amidala goes you know kind of dismisses him oh thank you senator we don't need you anymore like he just shows up <laughs> and you're like uh, is it going to be a part of the show and then he just kind of gets dismissed because that's how I kind of feel about Hondo every time like oh, is he really going to be integral to the plot yeah. and I'm like nah he's just filler okay um, and it's kind of funny though to see him and it's almost like a tease of like oh are we going to do it no <laughs> So, I give that about a, a C. This yeah. episode's pretty low for me. Um, similar to you. These are three of some of my least favorite characters. Yep. Um, really, this, ep- this episode is fairly inconsequential. Like, it doesn't... What it does is cements Ezra's identity as a Jedi. Or as someone fighting for the rebels. 
Yeah. Which Helps. is, it's, I feel like it's a lesson he's already learned. Like, haven't we already had episodes where he's like, now, like, I thought I needed my family, but now I know you're my family. Yeah. Well, this one's more about like, less than family. It's more about identity. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fair. But, but still, it's just kind of unneeded. Yeah. Totally. Um, it's a filler. It is. Yeah, um, I agree. So, yeah, it's about a C. Could even be a C minus, honestly. It's pretty low. I haven't given anything a D. This, the more I'm thinking about it, this might even be like a, if it wasn't for a few really, really good jokes from Hondo, honestly, I would give this episode like a D plus, but because Hondo saves it with a few zingers, it's like, I'll I'll give it a solid C. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think he, he, he saves this episode actually. So I agree with that. That's one of the reasons I ended up walking away and enjoying it, even though I really don't like all the characters in it. Yeah. Also, Ezra but, never cleaned the ghost. And Harrison yeah, okay with it. Jerk. You like this? You like this le- less than you liked like droids in distress? Ooh, I think I like do- droids in distress less. I think I'm just becoming. I think <laughs> now, as we're, the more we're doing this podcast, I'm just able to think about Rebels more like analytically as a whole. Where that was really that was like season one, episode three. Yeah. So I was still pretty like excited. Yeah. Um, which I still am excited. It's just that now I have context. Yeah. Oh, so. fair. I, I respect that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much um, for sharing your scale. And thank you so much for going on this journey with me, Mike. No, thank you for going on this journey with me. Yeah. You know what? I used to be like Hondo. I used to be out for myself and alone, but that's not who I am now. No, me neither. We have each other. Yeah. Also our wives, but... Yeah. Yeah. You know. That too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, as Honda would say, tell it to my wife. <laughs> well, you know where to find us on social media. Um, yep. We're at Twitter and Instagram at Rebels Rebels Pod. Check us out there. We're going to be updating with some cool information pretty soon. Yep, I'm really excited. Stay tuned for some great guests. We just recorded an episode that we're going to air at the end of the season with some really fantastic guests kind of i'll go out on a limb to say a dream guests of yeah. mike and i so yeah. stay tuned for that we're really excited yeah um, i i'll back that up yep cool um, so thank yeah, you again yeah and remember until next time be brave out there don't look back don't look back bye see ya